We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? Bit of non-KD talk today, Nick. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's like the schedule kind of just came up and it was a surprise. Obviously, the date was already kind of known, but it's like you don't even think about it or really care about it because... We don't know what the state of the team is going to be. We're going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But, Jack, where do you want to start? Let's start with the schedule, Nick, and, and hopefully people stick around for this episode for the KD talk a little bit later. But uh, awesome, massive shout-out to our guy Shane who's appeared on the pod and, and dropped some awesome nuggets for us. I hopefully have him on soon. Uh, he sort of picked out the key notable games, and I'll, I think I'll go through them because he's done a really good job of it. Opening nights against the Pelicans, Zion and the Pelicans. A couple of days later on the 21st versus the Raptors in Toronto. At the Bucks on the 26th, one of the 13 ESPN um, nationally televised games that the Nets do have. That's um, September 9 against, sorry, uh, November 9. You guys write your dates the wrong way around. It's really annoying. Um, you guys being Americans. Um, against the Knicks on ESPN. Then at the Los Angeles Lakers on the 13th of November. The 22nd of November at the Sixers. That'll be on TNT. Uh, the 21st of December versus the Warriors, which will be on NBA TV, which technically is is national TV. Uh, against the Celtics, the dreaded Celtics, on the 1st of January. Again, it's just the wrong way around. Uh, and the 19th of January against the Suns. Both of those games are on TNT. Uh, then against the Knicks. Uh, on the 28th of January on ABC, and then the 6th of February against the Los Angeles Clippers. So a nice chronological order there. You might have listened to it a couple of times. Might have gone through it a bit quickly. Or follow Shane on Twitter at the Real SJC, who dropped all that there. Uh, and there's obviously plenty of other people, including Nets Republic, who have posted the entire schedule. So um, those are notable games, Nick. Any ones that stick out for you, I guess, one of the people that was like, oh, man, why do the Nets have any more nationally televised games? Or were you on the sort of side of things? Cool. More Yes Network. Yeah, I think uh, last year the Nets lost a lot of nationally televised games. So happy to have them on Yes Network. Never really that concerned with nationally televised games, given I live in New York and have access to Yes Network, which is obviously one of the top broadcasts you can find in the NBA. I mean... Again, it's hard to react to the actual schedule because we don't know what type of team we're going to have moving forward here. You know, could it be a team that has Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown and Ben Simmons? Is it a team that has Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons? Or is it a team that's, you know, Ben Simmons and a whole bunch of role players? Who really knows? I mean, 
The only interesting thing, I guess, is, you know, the home opener against the Pelicans. That's kind of cool. You know, you got the return of Zion and obviously the return of Ben. Um, I'm already worried about, you know, how the Nets are going to defend Zion in his size, given even if the roster were to be the same, you know, opening night, there's still, you know, limited options. But what stuck out for you, Jack? Look, I, I guess the, probably the nationally televised games did stick out, Nick, because if you have a a team led by Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you're going to be one of the leaders. And they're behind a, a heap of teams. You know, a lot of good people on Twitter have, have sort of put out the Nets are, have the same amount as the New York Knicks or sort of around the mark with the New Orleans Pelicans. You know, when you compare that to, you know, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Celtics, those sort of teams, they're, they're dwindling. And I think that there is probably an expectation from broadcasters uh, and from the people that do the schedule that the Nets aren't going to have Kevin Durant. So they obviously don't have any inside information because, you know, they're not Sean Marks and Brad Stevens or David Griffin or whoever else it might be. But the growing expectation is this probably indicates that Kevin Durant, if you have Kevin Durant on your team, you're going to have 20 nationally televised games plus. Without Kevin Durant, that puts you in that sort of mid-tier. And again, I, I agree. I love the Yes Network. It's it's my favorite broadcast. I love Iron Eagle, Richard Jefferson, Sarah Kustock, and everyone else in between that. Um, I'm a, a massive fan of it, so I'm looking forward to watching that. I've got NBA uh, League Pass as well, so down here it's a little bit easier for me to watch on that anyway, rather than sort of the, the nationally televised games, which can be a, a little bit annoying. So, look, I, I, those things stick out for me a little bit, Nick, because it shows that the cachet of the Nets is you know, dropping a little bit in terms of their, not credibility, but their notoriety. Yeah, I think it's important to note as well is the second half of the season, there is flexibility. You know, if the Nets were to keep Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons and have that trio, you know, I you could see this number probably jump, you know, to the 20s if especially if one of the teams above them have an injury or something goes bad, not including NBA TV games. The Nets have 13 nationally televised and that would be 11th in the league. So it's like almost in that in between category where they think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving probably aren't going to be here or at least Kevin Durant isn't. But if he is we at least still have them represented a little bit and have the flexibility to kind of change that for the second half of the season, you know, depending on injuries or performance of different teams. Yeah. And who knows? Because look at the starts, we could, you know, go on a, a run of maybe the Jalen Brown and Ben Simmons led nets, you know, gain a bit of, you know, notoriety and popularity throughout the NBA sphere in the national landscape. So look, I, I don't know, but look, there's plenty of people that are posting the, the full schedule. I think once we know the team a little bit more, you know, and, you know, have the you know, the Nets versus James Harden's going to be a sort of big one. That one sort of sticks out. You know, obviously the, any Knicks game and any, all the Atlantic Division games are going to be pretty big. And because of just the, the, there seems to be some semblance of rivalry um, going on. And, and I just, it's hard to sort of piece things together, Nick, as you sort of alluded to, because... We don't know what the team is going to be, so how can we analyze, you know, opening night? Is Kevin Durant going to be versing Zion Williamson, or is it going to be Ben Simmons and Jalen Brown versing Zion Williamson? And you know, that'll be more fun when we get to sort of dive into, you know, the, the first month or so, and we can do some predictions and, and some prognosticating and some forecasting. But as we currently stand, it's cool to see these notable games and, and, and great work, again, by Shane for, for pointing those ones out. But the Nets are going to be playing basketball games, I guess. Now we can maybe start to get towards that point when we speak about basketball. But it's still, we'll still be doing plenty more KD stuff in this episode and probably a couple more episodes if, if things continue to drag out. Yeah. And just a quick note on the schedule, too. Regardless who's on the team, the first five games are tough. You have the Pelicans, you have the Raptors, you have the Grizzlies, the Bucks, and then the Mavericks. Then you get a. Uh, a home back-to-back uh, -back against the Pacers, you know, not actually a back-to-back -back, uh, Saturday to Monday. 
But still, those first five games, regardless who's on the roster, like trying to find rhythm against some of these guys, especially if the cohesion and the chemistry isn't right, it's going to be tough to come out of there with a positive record. I think another also note, if you go to the Nets website and you look at the season schedule, usually they have, you know, the giveaways listed. A lot of the giveaways are to be determined, you know, with player T-shirts. And there's, you know, no one kind of locked into that spot. So even the Nets still kind of unsure what to expect you know, the opening week or who's going to be on the roster come media day and training camp. Yeah, that that opening standard is going to be interesting because, you know, how did the, when does this trade happen? How does that, does it happen before training camp? And, you know, Steve Nash can actually do some coaching and, and figure out some stuff with Igor Kokoshkov and, and the staff behind the scenes. Or, you know, is it going to be, you know, a continuing, is Kevin Durant continuing to be there? Is he going to sit? Is he not going to sit? Is he going to play? If he does play, we know Kevin Durant seems to be, you know, he's doing a lot of workouts. So he loves his basketball, even you know, in Saint-Tropez and Barcelona, wherever else he might be. Um, you know, it, it just reminds me, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where in the world is, is Kevin Wayne Durant? Um, but in saying that, Nick, any final schedule thoughts um, before, you know, we'll probably dive deeper into that, obviously, once we do finally get this trade, but we'll dive deeper into the rumors around that trade uh, in a couple of moments as well. Yeah, I think three back-to-backs in the first three weeks of the season, which is a little bit tough, especially if there's some, you know, unsure unsureness i guess about who's going to be on the roster or you know if guys are sitting out or whatever it might be so again that tough the first couple weeks of the schedule seem pretty tough with logistics and also different matchups but like you said we'll jump into that more when we actually have an idea who's going to be on the team we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, and it's interesting because in relation to that, Nick, we've got conflicting reports from from different outlets. You know, Sam Amick and and the Athletic were basically saying that the Nets have unofficially arrived at a deal between Durant and between Durant and the Nets, and you know that the Jalen Brown center deal is is the front runner, and they're using that as sort of leverage with other teams. But then we got reports from the Boston Globe sort of saying that there's been no real talks of any substance any substantive talks um in recent memory I what I honestly think this is is 
Sean Marks is now finding Sam Amick and the Athletic as a leak because he's a pretty credible national reporter. And Brad Stevens is going, we'll just leak to our Boston guys and, and we'll just say, nah, we're not doing that because what's the point in us doing that? Because for Boston, you know, our guy Matt Brooks and you pointed this out on the, out on the last episode, it's the impetus is much more on Brooklyn to make this trade. I'm, I'm feeling more like that as the days go on, Nick, because Boston were just in the NBA Finals. The, the Kevin Durant-led Nets got knocked out in the first round by the Boston Celtics, led by Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown was the best player in the finals for the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum had his woes, and he is the better player. But Jalen Brown was the best player, and the Nets are said to want the second best player as a as the crux of a deal. Seems to me that they've come down from Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and four million picks. So there's at least some wiggle room that's happening from the Nets. But it seems to me that there's going to be you know, I'll have to be a little bit more because this toing and froing from the media and we know how the sort of source game works and our listeners probably do now as well, given the amount of times that we mention it. Where does it currently stand, Nick? Is it still stalemate? Is it still, you know, just wait and see? Is it still just, you know, playing the waiting game? What is it? Yeah, I think obviously, like you kind of mentioned, Jack, it's like leverage leaks here. You know, Sean Marks is still trying to use Boston as leverage. Boston doesn't want to seem like Jalen Brown is floating out there. Like he's an option for them to make a trade if the Nets agree to the terms that, you know, Boston's willing to offer. But like you said, Boston already made a big trade this year. They added Malcolm Brogdon to a team that lost in the finals in six games to the Warriors. So it's like they could run it back with the team and add Brogdon and have hope that they're even better this year because they were also pretty poor to start the season. Then they really turned it up and kind of continued throughout the year. And they kind of potentially ran out of gas. So maybe a little bit more depth, obviously added Gallinari, who maybe won't be a playoff player, but somebody who can help burn up some regular season minutes. So if you're Boston, you're not really in a position where you need to make this trade. They're not, you know, coming off three straight losses in the Eastern Conference Finals and have guys up for free agency or anything like that. So it's really on the nets. And like you said, you know, the nets are just trying to get more offers and trying to create traction on this front. If not, they're going to have to try to run it back, and it seems like running it back could lead to a really, really toxic situation. Despite the fact that we heard, I'm going to call it Mark, Shaw Mark's propaganda from Brian Windhorst saying, well, what does it look like? Maybe it could look okay, and it's just like, I I can't take anything seriously coming from ESPN these days, Nick, because it's just we just know that the the legitimacy and the integrity of the news that comes from them around Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets is so direct in its line. It's basically just like Sean Marks giving a script in an email to Brian Windhorst or Adrian Wojnarowski. Say this, Ramona Shelburne, say this. It makes us look good. Or Joe Sy, probably. It's probably a combination of the two, to be honest. But I just think that you know, we've heard Brian Windhorst bring it up and it's just like, okay, well, the Nets really trying to do this because... We heard like weeks ago that, that they were pr- pretty strong in that factor. And then they came back and go, oh, well, what about Jalen Brown? Let's put, put that out there and see if we can. They're just, they're losing the media game, Nick. They're just losing, losing leverage left, right, and center. And, you know, as you and I said, you know, the fans and, and pundits are being treated as chums. And we're just like, okay, we're just supposed to believe now that you want Kevin Durant to come back and you want everything to come to come into camp, despite the fact that Joe Side, the owner, said, I don't want this toxicity. I don't want to run it back, you know, again after what happened last year. We know what Joe Side wants. He doesn't want Kevin Durant on this team anymore. He wants Steve Nash and Shaw Marks to lead this team. And he's suddenly going, okay, well, what about if we bring him back? And, and Or Shaw Marks or whoever it is that's leveraging that those sort of plays. It's just... 
I'm, I'm, it's, uh, I find it just really uh, like hard to process, like all the stuff that's coming from these these sources. Yeah, and to quote Winhorse, he said the other negotiation that is now under developing is between Kevin Durant and the Nets. What do it look like for him to come back? And that's what bullshit. Really- that is not what's happening, Nick. That they are just saying that. Are you, are you are you telling me that Kevin Durant is like, all right, I'm texting with Joe Sy right now. Oh, I might come back. Look, he he can come back and play, but the nature of it is going to be. He's not going to be, it's just, it's going to lead to a trade. Like it, that's where the, this end game is, unless like Kevin Rand is, goes a full 180, which he could. I, I see that, that likelihood being incredibly, incredibly slim, but it's just, it's just like the, the indecisiveness, the stubbornness is now bordering, is, is now going towards indecisiveness. How are they handling this? What do they actually want? What do they want us fans to know and sort of, you know, to take into this sort of thing? And a lot of fans now, including myself, are like, can we just do this deal? Like, can we just get it done? Or can we just, like, can you actually go? Can you fire Steve Nash? Can you do something? Because I'm getting sick of recording podcasts with you where I'm frustrated about the fact that I'm talking about the same shit over and over and over it's uh, i've said this before like th- there's no sense in nonsense and the nets are a nonsensical franchise right now in their leadership yeah the nets wanted essentially they want to you know trade kevin Durant if they can get a package they like if not they're just going to keep him and hope that they can run it back it's pretty much they want what they want if they don't get it then they're going to try to flip the switch on that and you know go in this direction and i think Obviously, Katie's requested a trade. They probably don't want anyone on the team that doesn't want to be there. And obviously, their their push to make him happy hasn't really been much. You know, they haven't really done anything to try to win him back. We obviously heard the request of firing uh, Sean Marks and Steve Nash, both still employed by the Nets. And, you know, that's that. And it doesn't seem like that's going to change anytime soon, even though, you know, Steve Nash definitely should be you know, let go, especially, and I've seen this point brought up, you know, numerous times by other people on Twitter is like, if Nash doesn't have the respect of Kevin Durant, you know, what does the rest of the locker room think of him at this point, given, you know, Katie was on this team last year with that coach and doesn't have the confidence he can lead them to a championship. You have to think that's impacting other guys on the team, especially with the way that they, you know, idolized and looked up to him, especially the young guys and looked for him to lead and carry the team last year. This is a player-driven league, not a coaches-driven league. You know, unless you're Greg Popovich, unless you're maybe to an extent Steve Kerr, but there aren't you know legacy coaches. This isn't college. Like this isn't you know, college basketball where the coaches are the superstars and it's not the players. You know, it's just it's just not the case. And the Pelicans, I think this was smart from the Pelicans to come out you know through some of their national reporters and say, you know, we're not putting Ingram on the table. We aren't in this thing. You know, if you want, you know, whoever else, CJ McCollum or whatever, yeah, we might get into it. Other teams, like Sean Marks is trying to, and Joe Sire trying to, like, play everyone and sort of get, you know, other markets and other teams involved and, and use leverage and, and get better packages for Kevin Durant. But they're getting played. They're getting their chumps right now, Nick. And the, this well, is I a think quote. a thing that they're underestimating is, there's a big difference with the players that they want in a trade and their names being connected to trade reports. You know, if you're trading, you know, an all-star player and it's a young guy and his name's in talks, that's okay. But if it's Brandon Ingram, who's, you know, arguably the best player on your team, second best player, whatever it is, now it's a little harder for you to handle that situation, especially if he's looking to be a key piece moving forward. In the back of his mind, it's like, oh, you were just looking to trade me for Kevin Durant. So I think that's where it gets really complicated. And I think that's where the Nets are underestimating 
these teams rebuttaling the leaks is because it's more likely to have a big impact on their team this current season and moving forward. Again, it's a big difference when it's, you know, Karis LeVert, you know, involved in trade talks back in the day for the Nets. Like, yeah, he's a good player, but he's not a guy that's like the cornerstone of a franchise or, you know, a multi-time all-star moving forward. Yeah, look, if if there are people that are still somehow Joe Sy and, and Sean Mark stands, I love the Nets. I, I don't love the and I think loving the Nets and covering the Nets gives us the the opportunity to criticize where criticism is due. And there's been a lot of criticism that has been due. And um, to touch on that report, that was it was from Christian Clark of the New New Orleans Times, and he wrote, "If Durant gets moved, the New Orleans Pelicans could be players in the sweepstakes, but that would likely require them to, to surrender Brandon Ingram." League sources say that the Pelicans are, are are unwilling to do so. Ingram is nine years younger than Durant, and in terms of annual average value, he costs approximately fifteen million dollars less. That's basically just saying, nah. Like if you want to, if you want to even think about getting us into this to create a semblance of activity around Kevin Durant, you're not using us. It's not going to happen, Sean. Yeah, and it also makes things tougher for the Nets receiving offers. You know, if you're a team, you're second guessing sending an offer if you think it's going to get leaked, especially if the Nets are likely to just kind of decline everything you're throwing unless it's kind of ridiculous. And it seems like the Nets have kind of jumped the gun on some things. And obviously it hasn't helped that Kevin Durant's leaking negative things from the other end, you know, damaging their leverage and also making it more likely teams are just going to kind of stand pat rather than kind of with that hard pursuit. So you're seeing this, this media battle and there's really nothing going on. And the Nets are trying to create something out of nothing. We're going to end up with like OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. That's just like, that's the worst nightmare and the, the think, worst. Yeah. Look, uh, look, Nick, I'm I'm just ultimately thinking about Josiah said that he, and I, and I keep, you know, we keep harping on the things that, that were leaked and talked about in, in media circles that matter the most. He, he doesn't care. Like he's, he's come out on Twitter and said, he's going to do what's best for the Nets. He's going to do what's best for his personal interest in his pockets. And, Ultimately, I think that's going to lead to the fact that it's just like, ah, look, I don't really care about this basketball team. I care more about Ali Barber and, and all the money that I'm making over there. This and lacrosse, this rip, and then and then lacrosse. You know, they should buy a goddamn like a lacrosse league. And why do you think <laughs> he's involved a big in... investor already in the lacrosse stuff? I know I saw I mean, a lot of people tweet that out today, and it's like, yeah, he already does have a lot of money in there, and that's where he has some of his connections to Steve Nash. And I think also connect, uh, yeah, connection to Steve Nash. Yeah, um, lacrosse is certainly a sport that we won't be doing many podcasts about. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we won't give you any criticism in, in that relation, Josiah, when it comes to the New York lac- Liberty lacrosse or whatever you want to call them. Um, no, but I just think that it's it's so goddamn frustrating because we, what could have been, it's, we're going to repeat everything that we did say. I just don't think that this is leading towards a positive resolution for the Nets franchise overall, Nick, because... We're we're clutching at straws for Kevin Durant maybe changing his mind. And the Nets going on like, you know, you you listed the start to that season. If Kevin Durant's there, the Nets could be five and two. You know, the, yeah, you, because you got Kevin Durant, you got Kyrie Irving, you got T.J. Warren as an addition, you got Joe Harris back. You know, you got you know, Ben Simmons hopefully back and and fit and healthy according to Stephen A. Smith, like we saw mm-hmm. in the last episode. The Nets could, with Kevin Durant are a championship contender. Without him, they're a middling playoff team around the Atlanta Hawks, Chicago Bulls, those that sort of realm. So it's uh, what we're hoping for is just a resolution to all of this chaos. But I, again, I just think that 
we're going to be doing a podcast on Monday or Tuesday, and we're going to be talking about do the Nets actually actually uh, the Boston Celtics have said that they might throw in Robert Williams now instead of Marcus Smart. The Nets say that they want Robert Williams instead. And it's just going to be like. Really? Are we going to do like that? Or like maybe we got a Toronto leak about Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi has, has grown incredulous in Toronto. Uh, it's just going to be like just little trickles of BS over and over again and occasional talks about jerseys and schedules. I, and, and we've got a little bit of Kyrie stuff, which we can discuss too, Nick. But any additional new rehashed thoughts you want to bring to this Kevin Durant saga is become cumbersome, tiresome, and all the sims, and, you know, I've, I've, I, I need something to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think the only ideal scenarios for Nets fans would be the Nets get a package that you feel happy about, you know, given Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and some picks, or the Nets somehow convince, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to have, you know, somewhat of a last dance season. Like, hey, it's not going to work out this year. We can reevaluate, you know, next offseason, but... That doesn't seem very likely, but it doesn't also seem yeah, impossible the, either because there's not much leverage for either side to get truly what they want. The whole last dance thing, I I, I enjoy the, the comparisons, but for there to be a last dance, it needs to be a first dance. Like when was, when was Kyrie, like there's been what, 20 games of dancing like do, together? And look, we know <laughs> that Kyrie Irving can make defenders dance and he has people like slipping like that. But the the amount of dancing was like a, a postseason where Kevin Durant had 50 points. It was averaging 50 points on 48.5 minutes per game. Like, there hasn't been a lot of dancing involved. Like, it's been more like just a slow trot and maybe like a, a cheeky... It's like the... For, I'll, I'll do an Aussie reference for all the Aussie listeners out there. It's like the... The Aussie bloke that goes to the to the bar, he, he gets a beer and he just does the sort of sway dance where he's, just, <laughs> he's got his drink in his hand. And this might apply to America, the UK. It all applies to America. Well, there we go. I'm, 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 it's, it's a joke that everyone can get where you just get a drink and you just, you're not actually dancing. You're just sort of like standing on the dance floor and sort of swaying and using your cup or drink as like a, a tool to sort of yeah. help you have some rhythm. That's what that's the Brooklyn Nets right now, Nick. That, that, that's how weird and deep the analogies have gotten for me because we've been talking about this since freaking June. Yeah, I, and it's crazy as nothing really has happened since then. You know, for the most part, nothing really of substance. Like there's been a couple packages, but it feels like every package that's truly been discussed was discussed the first week of July. Exactly, and now we're getting Lakers stuff, and it's just like, well. This Lakers stuff is clearly coming out because of the fact that LeBron James signed his deal, yep. his two-year extension. So now they're like, oh, okay, we've got LeBron James. Now we can throw some picks in for Kyrie Irving. And the, the point that I, I was making there is Woj said that the Lakers have been willing to include both of their first-round picks in a Kyrie Irving trade, but the Nets aren't interested. Woj is obviously speaking. Basically, he's got the microphone. But he, he's got the gun in his back from Sean Marks to say, hey, it's like it's like when you're on like one of those uh shows or like a spies on a mission and he has like the little thing in his ear yeah yeah like yeah. um uh, the the phenomenon that's been taken over australia in the first season was incredible was the hunted it, it feels like that that the the hunters are you know the, the nets front office and the hunted is adrian wojanowski and the <laughs> espn staff um but in, i'm not sure if they have well, yeah if they had that show in america but uh, um, niche references are plenty on on the brooklyn buzz in, in saying that, Nick, the Nets don't want the, the two first-rounders. 
this deal is just going to be there until as the end until the trade deadline. Like if if Kyrie Irving decide if the Nets are like okay, well then we'll just trade him by in, in February. Like there's no urgency to this. Am, am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, I think there's a small chance the Lakers could always pivot if they feel like Kyrie's going to be stuck. How? There. How are they? How are they going to pivot? Like, what are they going to get for Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook? What player are they going to get that's going to add some semblance of significance value to their team that isn't Buddy Heald or? Well, that's the, probably the other deal that's on the table is the Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, and that's kind of the decision they have to make is if they want to run with that, and you know, know it's going to happen. But again, you're probably right that it's going to sit to the deadline. And if the Nets don't trade Kyrie at the deadline, that'll probably be the other trade on the table if the Pacers don't make another move. You know, the Pacers end up with two picks, get off of two guys, have the Russell Westbrook expiring, probably buy him out. So, you know, I think it'll probably play out into that point, unless for some reason the Lakers really get to a point where they think that Kyrie's not going to be available. But as we've explained multiple times, the Nets are going to hold on to Kyrie until they move Kevin Durant because they also know the best chance of Kevin Durant suiting up for the Nets and playing and reporting the training camp is if Kyrie's on the roster and Kyrie is requesting him to play with him or just kind of run it this season. Yeah, maybe Kyrie is the the alpha in their two in their relationship and friendship. Is just like, come on, Kev, just uh, just pop up he the jersey. Persuasive. He seems much more persuasive. You know, we're doing debating, and you, you mentioned like rebuttals earlier, and it just keeps bringing up in my mind as debates on my mind in, in that sort of extent. But yeah, look, I just think that there is, you, you, you've mentioned this, and other reporters have mentioned this. It's good to bring it back up the fact that, you know, the Lakers were wary to include those two, two first round picks in the first place. Why? Well, because LeBron James hadn't signed with them, so they didn't want to give away their future and, and in that sort of extent. Now LeBron James is there for the next couple of years. Is it is there a player option in that second year, Nick? I, I can't remember. I'm not sure. I didn't look much into it. Um, I was just disappointed that everything's working out so well for the Lakers. They got LeBron on the extension. The Nets can't even keep KD happy for his first contract. So, uh, well, technically, I guess his extension would kick in for this year. But still, it's it's kind of crazy. And the Lakers haven't necessarily done anything amazing. They've landed Anthony Davis, but a lot of mistakes roster-wise. And they're still able to kind of keep LeBron happy. And they also made the move to fire Frank Vogel. And... Vogel probably wasn't the key reason they were terrible last year. It was a lot of roster stuff and injuries, but LeBron wanted him out and he was sent out. And the Nets obviously didn't do the same thing for Kevin Durant. Frank Vogel is a better head coach than Steve Nash. Yeah, that's that's an easy statement. That's an easy statement. And he doesn't have a job as a head coach in the NBA yet. Steven Nash, the third highest paid coach, is earning $9 million per season. Just in case people don't know my disdain and the facts about Canadian Steven. Now, I, this this Kyrie stuff, I, I think, Nick, is, is probably going to linger for, for months and months. The, I'm sure Rob Palenka will put some pressure on Clutch and Dave McMenamin to keep leaking some stuff around that. And maybe they'll talk about some things that like Kyrie and LeBron have been texting. I'm sure we'll get something around that and we'll have a discussion. And we'll just be like... There's nothing really new to report uh, in, in in terms of our opinions on that. I want Kyrie Irving, like, for those that might not know, I want Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to play in Brooklyn Nets uniforms for as long as possible because I love watching them play. I've been lucky to get them the opportunity to watch them both play individually and together. So, but ultimately, it seems the the likely outcome by February 2023 is that. Neither of them will probably be in Brooklyn Nets uniforms, and I'll have to change my allegiances to the Aussie brothers, or at least one of them in, in Ben Simmons. Yeah, I mean, 
it doesn't seem likely that they'll be here long term, <laughs> obviously. And also, I don't think you want players, you know, on the team that don't want to be here either. You know, obviously, Kyrie, it's more of a mystery. You know, is it optics or does he truly want to play in Brooklyn or is he just already planning to leave for L.A. in the offseason? Obviously, Kevin Durant, we know his unhappiness with this team and the situation right now. So it's just like you've kind of alluded to earlier, Jack. It's just like you almost want to see the situation settled so the Nets can just kind of move on with players, hopefully that want to be here and build, you know, some, some type of team and have some type of plan moving forward. But it's also hard to have that level of confidence given how everything's kind of played out the last, you know, three months and also the last year and change. Yeah. No extra comments on that, but (laughs) we'll finish with the, with the, the best thing uh, on a non-visual platform, like a podcast, talk about uniforms and statement jerseys. Look in saying that the, the Nets ones did look pretty good, Nick. And the the statement jerseys, the all black looks slick as hell. I'm a fan of it. The air Jordan logo, the, the trimming looks pretty nice. And then we've obviously got the, the Dr. J era, like classic unis, um, which uh, the, the, the red, white, and blue with the stars, on the trimming uh, are a gorgeous look as well. I'm sure Nets fans are happy about this or at least getting rid of the old city edition ones. Uh, which one do you prefer out of these two, Nick? Yeah, I think the Dr. J era ones are just kind of a classic. The New York Nets, the, the, like you said, the white, red, and blue with the stars on the side. It just, just kind of pops. You know, I think uh, the Jordan ones are nice. They're kind of sleek, but obviously you know, the other ones, the Dr. J ones carry a little history. And it's something that we also saw the Nets wear a lot when they were in New Jersey. You know, that was kind of a throwback they used. So it'd be cool. It'd be really cool to see Kevin Durant in one, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Is there a way where there are platforms or shops outside of Joe Sy's stranglehold that I can support to buy either of these things, Nick? That's a challenge for a listener out there. And you know, you can hit me up in the DMs or contact Nick on, in the DMs as well. Let us know. Is there a way I can get a, a Dr. J T uni or whatever, some shorts or the statement jersey, and that my money doesn't go to Joe Sy's pockets? Because ultimately... I don't want to give him any semblance of money after you know, what's happened in the past six months, eight months, 12 months, whatever else um, this saga has has entailed. Because, man, I'm, I'm a fan of the, the Dr. J ones. I do like the same ones as well. I'm a fan of all black. Black is very slimming. We all want to look a little bit slimmer, especially uh, we're heading into spring. You guys are heading into the, the colder season. Um, but, yeah, I, I like them both. Yeah, I think if you went to an unofficial NBA source of uh, merchandise, you could definitely find it. So, you know, if somebody wants to jump in the Jack's DMs, feel free. But, uh, Jack, anything else before we get out of here? Nothing, mate. Just like it's like watching paint dry or like like listening to to water drops. Or it's, it's torturous sometimes. Torturously boring, torturously mundane, torturously insert other verb there or noun because it's just the little bits and pieces hopefully we get some other stuff but we're we're waiting with bated breath yeah i mean it's also i think just one quick note it's like the nets still need to fill out the rest of the roster they probably need to add another big to this team and you know get some more veterans or just you know make sure they have an actual team heading into media day so that's just something to keep an eye on we should I would think see a sign over the next couple of weeks, but who knows with this team, Jack, always a pleasure talking nets with you, even if it is sadness, but big thanks everybody for listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. 
There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.